I'm from the university's podcast. What would you say that your favourite thing about uh, being at university? <laughs> oh, that's uh, it's a difficult question. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it's just like lots of things to do. So like society's events, friends, and like there's a city around. The green spaces on campus and the red brick buildings. It's just, it's nice to walk around. Uh, like the libraries are really pretty. The, Brod- yes. the Brotherton's quite nice. But, uh... Edward Boyle Library's probably the best. So, <laughs> yeah, Great Hall was sort of fun to sort of pop in, have a little visit. It feels so supportive here. It's a really great environment. Well, all the bar. <laughs> Welcome to Forever Leeds, the Leeds alumni podcast. Hello and welcome to a brand new series of Forever Leeds, the podcast for everyone who's ever been a student at Leeds or might fancy becoming one. All brought to you by the University of Leeds Advancement Team. I'm Rich Williams. It's a brand new term. We've got brand new music on the podcast and we've got a brand new student co-presenter. Hello to third year film, photography and media student and presenter on Leeds Student Television, Georgia Lay, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hi. This is exciting. Tell us a bit about yourself and how this has all come yeah, about. Yeah, so film photography media student uh, on Leeds Student Television. I've done some presenting. I was head of music on committee in my second year, so I got to do some really cool music interviews, got to cover Leeds Festival, which was so cool. Uh, and now I'm head of filmmaking there. So if anyone's listening and wants to come and learn something about film, pop down to my classes and I'll do my best to teach you. There you go. Um, but yeah. I've got a fun fact for you. Always. First person ever on Leeds Student TV. That was me. Yeah, there you wow. go. Well, wow. it was Leeds University Union TV, and then they changed it to LSTV, and I was on the first show. So that, we that's, have something in common. That's something. That's so cool. And yeah. you get to do something now, which is going to make everyone feel very jealous. Okay. So you can either flip forward 60 seconds on the podcast or just listen in and remember what it was like to be at uni, because you are living I uni am. life right now. Yep. It's just been Freshers' Week last week. It There's was. Uh, loads going on. Campus live happening outside. Yep. Bands are playing. So students cool. going around. The, the bunting, which definitely wasn't there in my day. That's was it all, not? No, it's all flapping around in the wind. Uh, so tell us what's going on at uni at the moment for the start of the academic year. What have you been doing? Uh, well, last week uh, in Freshers' Week was Fruity's 21st birthday. Uh, so anyone listening who came here after 2001, I'm hoping you went on a Fruity night out because I must say it's quite an iconic part of my experience here at university. Uh, tonight I'm going on Artly Run, also very iconic <laughs> leads. It's film and television themed. I'm going as Gabriella from High School Musical. I'm sure everyone remembers kind of putting together some rubbish costumes and getting drunk on a pub crawl. Other than that, it's been great. It's great seeing it busy again after COVID, um, seeing students again. Everyone seems really excited for the new year. So yeah, it's just great seeing the campus so busy again. That moment of coming back on campus for the first time after the summer is always a nice one, isn't it? it seeing really familiar is. faces and stuff. Yeah, well, I was here all over summer because, you know, Leeds rent tends to start July 1st. So I've been here, but it's been it's been so quiet, so dead. So finally seeing students come and all the eager freshers and wishing I was them again. Um, it's been great, yeah, seeing everyone. Uh, well, it's lovely out. It's it's very autumnal. There are uh, brown, crunchy leaves sort of uh, rolling around the floor in the wind and, and what have you. And just a, a sea of colour, as it always is, yep. uh, here at the University of Leeds. And for your debut edition of Forever Leeds, we have an absolutely packed pod coming up. What have we got? 
On this first podcast of the new term, we're going to be talking to superstar screenwriter and former lead student Neil Cross, who is the creator of the massive hit BBC detective series Luther, which is coming out as a Netflix movie this autumn. Neil studied English and theology at Leeds, and his life story is truly incredible. We'll hear how his adoptive father gave him his love of books, but also showed him how people you love and admire can have a terrible dark side, a theme that helped make Luther into one of the most compelling shows on television. Plus, Leeds is renowned all over the world world as a centre of civil engineering and the material sciences. Now, a leading Leeds researcher has been named as one of the top 50 women in engineering. Professor Ornella Iwario is director of the university's Cities Infrastructure and Energy Research Group. She'll be telling us how new sustainable technologies are transforming house building and how women are changing the whole world of engineering. Meanwhile, if you lived at Boddington Hall in your student years, there have been some big and exciting changes in your old neighbourhood. And if you ever played football at Leeds or backed any of our university teams, you'll be especially interested in what's happening. The site of the famous halls of residence has been transformed into a brand new footballing and athletics centre of excellence. We'll be heading up the Otley Road to find out what it's all about. That's in a non-Otley run way, just, yes. to men- just to mention. Uh, Forever Leeds is out every month during term time, so don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favourite podcast app to get every episode automatically. And do tweet us. We are at, at Leeds Alumni. We would love to hear what you think of the pod. Now, if you were studying in Leeds in the late 80s and early 90s, maybe around the English or theology departments, then without knowing it, you were probably rubbing shoulders with someone who would become one of the most fertile minds in TV. It is a fascinating story. Hello, I'm uh, Neil Cross. I'm a, a screenwriter and novelist, probably best known to you as the writer and creator of Luther with Idris Elba. The path that took me to Leeds University was was long and winding. I, I had a fairly atypical childhood. I was born in Bristol to a very typical kind of white working class, uh, non-bookish family. There were no books of any kind in my house. The bulk of my upbringing was I was raised by a, my stepfather, who was Mr. Cross, whose name I took. And I was raised in Edinburgh, who was a, a white South African white supremacist, a man of complex character not all of it good but one of the great things that Mr Cross did for me in retrospect and indeed at the time was introduced me to a love of the written word is saying love of the written word the most pretentious way you can say that you like books my first kind of real memory of childhood is being seven years old and living in this kind of it was a condemned tenement in Edinburgh, this kind of very old 19th century. And he came home with his carrier bag full of books. Yeah, I'd only kind of met him two or three days before. He asked me what kind of stories I was most interested in. And he used to read me to sleep every night. And the first book I remember having read to me and then subsequently reading was Kidnapped by Robert Louis Stevenson. I was a weird kid anyway I suppose anxious and bookish and not at all interested in sport watched a lot of telly I was very 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 interested in Doctor Who and Mr Cross for all of his complexities and all of his faults was for a brief but important period an outstandingly good parental figure that he was able and I I think this 
it's part and parcel of the kind of person that he was. I presume now that he's dead. He was continually seeking to reinvent himself through new relationships with new people, to be loved and to be admired. And if you look at it negatively, he was able to shine the intense light of his intention, of his attention and interest and love on you. Now, it might be the case that what he was really doing was seeking a kind of mirror to bounce love back onto himself. But nevertheless, it made him, in many ways, an outstanding stepfather. He gave, for that brief period, he gave me kind of all of his attention. My early education in the cinema was always going to the cinema with Derek Cross. But he was a white South African, a very specifically anti-black racist. He was also a kind of complex anti-Semite in that he used words to describe Jewish people that I would hesitate even to quote. But at the same time, when he told me about the Holocaust, he cried. So though he was in every way it's possible to be a racist, even that racism was not uncomplicated by the kind of fractured nature of his persona and his humanity. He was a very complicated man. He was complicated in such a way that I think uh, ultimately he gave me a career. Everybody that I write or everybody I enjoy writing has kind of got, you know, has has aspects of the anti-hero to them. I mean, when I was a child, I adored him. I really, truly adored him. And then, you know, and then he ditched us. And then I spent years hating him. And then as one does, I spent, you know, I spent years and years assimilating him into my understanding of the world. He was a very useful lesson in how the world works. I'd love Leeds. There is just a sound to that part of the world at that time, which for whatever reason absolutely resonates and means stuff to me. Leeds had acquired to me this kind of semi-mythical status as being the seedbed of so much music I loved. So when I came to the place, I brought with me a whole bunch of assumptions. And I have to say, God bless the place. It made good on them. This is a kind of confession, albeit it's not one that I'm at all ashamed of. I am, to the core of my being, temperamentally and aesthetically a dodgy old goth. It's always going to be the sisters. But, you know, the March Violets, I really love the March Violets too. Pretty much everybody who was making any kind of music at that time in that part of the world, even in retrospect, I can still hear a particular guitar line picked out through a particular array of stolen effects pedals, and it still gives me goosebumps. I went to study English and theology because I loved books and I hated Christianity. And my strategy was know your enemy. Learn what they learn, know what they know. And some kind of uh, sort of callow arrogance of the idea that I could confront them like in a courtroom drama with their own hypocrisy. I could turn around and smite them with their own absurdity. And of course, 
that was somewhat undermined by the fact that they were all really nice. <laughs> I, I'd expected a, a, a bunch of kind of vile, upper middle class, smug hypocrites. And actually, almost all of the people I studied theology with were genuinely lovely people who mellowed my opinion on the whole subject matter. We'll hear more from Neil a little later when we find out how he came up with the character of Luther and a little bit about that mysterious Netflix movie. But first... STEM, science, technology, engineering and mathematics has long been described as a male-dominated profession. So the University of Leeds is thrilled to be able to say it's home to one of the 50 most influential women in engineering. Ornella Uorio is a professor of architecture and structures and when she's not designing super lightweight buildings, she's helping to get them installed in earthquake-prone areas. And she joins us on Forever Leeds. Ornella, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be with you. It's a pleasure to have an award winner with us. What was that like then, being recognised in, in such a way as being so influential? I mean, it was very thrilling. We were 50 of us in London under this big umbrella of innovator. And I think that each of us was very different from each other, so really trying to develop the breadth of engineering. And I think what we do here in Leeds uh, really reflects the breadth of what uh, the engineering outside in the world is. You said that you hope the awards will also inspire other women who want to become engineers to follow their dreams. So what do you think are some of the perceived barriers that prevent women from working in engineering? I think it's an historical barrier more than anything else because technologies are now very updated and there is a lot that is happening outside in the world. So I think that more and more women are actually entering engineering and here in Leeds we see this happen every year. So we have always a large number of students which are now applying. And of course, one of the main things was always try to have role models. So I think that all these type of awards are there to just show that there are some role models that other young professionals can follow. So to make sure that, you know, if you have a dream, you can actually fold it up all the way through and get what you want. And let's talk about some of the work you've been doing. Um, one thing I was reading about, really interested to read about, was modular building systems. We talk about housing crisis, how we go about solving that, and this could be one of the solutions. I mean, you won an award for this as well. It's probably worth, worth mentioning. Um, just explain to us exactly what that is and the work that you've been doing on it. So I've been working on modular housing since 20 years, probably. So back in Italy, when modularity doesn't exist. So the first thing I had to kind of break the barrier or that um, in, a, in a country where, for instance, in Italy, but also in UK, where most of the construction is based on as and masonry or concrete, there is very little thinking that in reality prefabrication can help. So modular housing are prefabricated building. And there is also an historical barrier. If you think here in the UK, in the World War, there were all these tower blocks. And those are the initial idea of what prefab is. But that is heavy prefab. So people are just run away from it. And the point is that today we have a technology that can make light prefab available and they can make the possibility to develop systems which are really high energy efficient. So what we try to develop are sustainable construction. So new technologies which can actually save uh, a huge amount of energy in the production and uh, in the operation. So I work with industries in UK and in Europe to actually develop systems which are highly optimized from a structural perspective. So they can stand up in high winds, they can stop in earthquake prone areas, they can stand up in high risk areas. But at the same time, they are also very energy efficient. So we use materials coupled with these structures which are low carbon footprint. 
Um, so going into a bit about the inspiration that got you into architecture, uh, you said that you've been inspired by Antonio Gardi's Sagradia Familia in Barcelona. Do you feel like there are any buildings here in Leeds that have inspired you? I mean, my favorite building in Leeds is the Corner Exchange, oh, yeah. which in reality has some similarity very broadly with the Sagrada Familia. The similarity between the two is this, that the Sagrada Familia is very great because she has, it has these incredible vaults which are super thin. And the Corner Exchange has this amazing vault, which I think I've never seen outside UK or anywhere else. So I think that is the elegance of the shell, which is underneath it created, you know, the combination, the, the, the barrier between the indoor and the outdoor is that elegance, which I think is amazing. And that somehow it's similar to the elegance of the shell of Gaudi. And I guess just in terms of the University of Leeds, just walking around, there is such a variety in itself. It's kind of a, an inspiration, really. Yeah, that's right. I think it's a very interesting place, the campus of Leeds, you know, because it's a combination of all sorts of uh, last uh, probably 200 years architecture, right? From the historical building, like the one where we are today in the Great Hall, to the, the modernist building, right? Which is uh, the most uh, loved and hated building uh, in campus, where probably many people have tried to find the the lecture hall and just went in another <laughs> flow, right? And then you discover that the people who actually, the architect who designed uh, the Roger Stevens building, those are uh, the same who designed the Barbican in London. And in reality, you discover that uh, the, the hall, that, which are in particular the lecture halls, they were an experiment that they made it then complete to actually have uh, the famous uh, theater in the Barbican. So kind of, we can find some experiment here of architects. You're doing all this work and it's impacting uh, places across the world, which is just fantastic. And it's coming out of the epicentre of Leeds right here. What is it about teaching here at University of Leeds you love? And although you're in those far flung corners of the world implementing your work, what is it about just here where we are right now that that's so good for you? I mean, I think it's great to teach in Leeds. I think that the students in Leeds are really bright. We have a small kind of small classes which allow actually to have a one to one tutorial all the time. And this is, I think, fantastic because we get to know each student uh, and develop them across the years. And finally, Ornella, what would you say to any maybe alumni listening who have children that are interested in engineering and maybe want to get involved? I would encourage always by saying, first of all, follow your passion. Whatever your passion is, you need to follow it. And if your passion has something to do with building or with infrastructure and you feel that you can make a difference in engineering, just uh, come with us or come anywhere because it, this is possible. And uh, I was never thinking to have this award as an innovator, honestly. It was really something that I could never imagine. And I think if I made it, many people out there can make it. Just follow your passion and build on your knowledge. Uh, thank you. You're definitely doing that. Definitely making a huge difference right here from University of Leeds. Uh, Ornella, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you so much. Now, football's coming home to the former Boddington Hall playing fields in North Leeds. The legendary Bod, as it was known, was the largest hall of residence in Leeds, housing thousands of students between 1961 and its closure in 2013. If you didn't live there, you must have gone to a party there, or at least heard about one. There are now houses on the old site of Boddington Hall itself, but the playing fields have a new lease of life as the Boddington Football Hub, a new state-of-the-art facility for the best of the beautiful game. Our roving reporter Tom Davey put his boots on and caught the Ilkley bus to find out what's going on. 
As alumni of the University of Leeds, you may remember Boddington Hall, which housed 1,200 students a year between 1961 and 2013. However, that has all changed. The beds, bars and pool tables of old have been replaced with state-of-the-art sports facilities, the latest of which is the Boddington Football Hub, where I am today. After investment from the university and a £4.2 million grant from the Football Foundation, this new hub includes three LED floodlit 3G turf pitches, a four-team changing pavilion and a community cafe. To talk about the opening of the hub, I spoke to Gwen McKenzie-Hogg, operator of facilities at Boddington. It's just good to see so many people playing what they love to do. I suppose it goes back about five years, really. So um, Football Foundation, they identified a real shortfall of um, artificial 3G rubber pitches. And my head of service, Suzanne Glavin, um, works very closely strategic level with the Lee City Council. And with that, we brokered a meeting with the Football Foundation and expressed an interest that we would like our land um, here at Bonton to be put forward as a potential venue for a potential hub. Um, and that's where it started. Gwen, who's been at Boddington for 12 years, recalled how the site has changed over time. If you look back at what the land was to what we've, what's been created, it's, it's, a, it's an engineering marvel, really. I mean, it was a slope that went, probably dropped 15 foot and went on for two, 200 metres, 300 metres. So it was, it's, it's been a huge engineering achievement to take such a slopey grass farmland really in essence down to a, a, a layered plateau of artificial pitches and, and and a new car park and a building and i'm looking forward to seeing the time lapse mm. video that they'll, they'll, they'll provide to us the company that'll be i think pretty awe-inspiring to talk football the upcoming academic year and the impact of the new pitches i spoke to steve grimes head of football at the university of leeds We've had record numbers in both the male and female clubs this year. Uh, we've had 480 men trial and 190 women. Um, so obviously the extra space we've got at the Boddington Football Hub has been brilliant. Uh, it just means that everyone gets a bit better chance, longer trialling time, more space that we can see all the players. So um, it's fantastic for us as a club to be able to offer that to the students. I asked Steve about the accomplishments of the university teams during his tenure as head of football and how the new facilities would aid him in the future. If you look at it on the performance angle, uh, we've had some fantastic teams that have gone and won national competitions, won kind of tier one, which is one of the highest levels you can play at. Um, but, but one of the, the main things is that the clubs have grown and I think this year one of the, the things I'm most proud of is that... We've got an equal men's and women's clubs and we're one of the only unis that have actually got that. To get some first-hand initial reactions, I went pitch side and caught up with the students who were some of the first to test out the new facilities. And I think the facilities are absolutely fantastic, to be fair. Mm. Surface is beautiful. The ball slides across there outstandingly. It's really good. It's quality. The pitches itself, you know, they're, they're quality, you know. I think the facility itself as well. Just the facilities in general, it's very good. I'm Sophie Mason and I'm club captain. I've had so many girls that are beginners come and sign up and say they want to start playing football. It's really great, especially the year that we've had um, with the Euros. So it's so nice to see people wanting to come and sign up and get involved with something new, which is great. Whether you remember Boddington for its excellent sport facilities or as an accommodation distant from the university, Steve and Gwen highlight that there are plenty of opportunities for alumni to get involved.
One of the things that we have spoke about is how they can help develop the facility themselves and, and hopefully in the summer next year one of the pitches will have a, a small stand on. And one of the things that the alumni want to do is help with that and they're going to sponsor a seat and that seat will be named after them and kind of we've gone back to the, the players themselves to do that and a, we've had a lot of interest from the alumni. You don't need to be the, a member of the football club to come back as an alumni event. You know, you, you, you can be a person who stayed at Bonton, who wants to see a change, who wants to bring some friends back or get a group and there's opportunities here to, to do that and, nice. and, and they'll always be welcome, always be welcome um, to come back and do an alumni event. So if you're an ex-player or considering a trip back to Leeds, why not check out Boddington? While the landscape may have changed dramatically, Boddington remains a place where university students will make memories that they will cherish forever. Now let's hear a little more from Neil Cross, creator of TV Detective Luther and a man who freely admits he came to Leeds for its booming gothic music scene. I mean, didn't we all? Luther is one of the most enduring characters on modern TV, but how did Neil create him? And what can he tell us about the long-awaited Netflix movie starring Idris Elba as the detective himself? I was invited by the BBC to, to kind of go to you know a posh cafe and, and pitch ideas. I pitched a return to the kind of tradition of 1970s titular detectives. You know, my, Columbo is one of my favourite television shows of all time, if not my favourite television show, Doctor Who Excluded. And Columbo has got a very unique format. And it borrowed that format, in fact, from Crime and Punishment. And it's not a who done it or a how done it or a why done it. It's a how catch them that you see from the very beginning who's done what to who and why. And the story then becomes how does our detective catch this miscreant? There's two kind of broad traditions in, in crime fiction. There, there's this kind of intellectual but morally disengaged genius detective who's able to look at, you know, at the mud on the soul of your Dr. Martin and intuit that you've just come in from Flanders because of the particular yellow clay that's agglomerated there. Or there's the kind of uh, the guy from the thriller who's just an everyman driven by circumstance and passion rather than intellect. And I kind of wanted to, to merge those two traditions into one. I was just kind of moving cards around a table and came up with, with what became Luther, really. There's not much I'm allowed to tell you about the Netflix Luther because they've got me under penalty of death should I leak too many details. I can, however, confirm that it's got Idris Elba in it and that it's awesome. And it was a labour of love. I'm going to use a reference which dates me now, but going back to the old goth thing in the 80s, it's like moving from a Tascam four-track to Abbey Road. We've, we suddenly had access to all this stuff. To give it the kind of, not just propulsion, but the kind of uh, scale and braggadocio that I always wanted it to have. What would Leeds me think of 2022 me? I often have this conversation with myself. In fact, I had this conversation with my son, who is in Manchester now, and who is about the age that I was when I was in Leeds. And last year, about another job, I had a, I had a kind of moral quandary when I had that I had that conversation. There was there was a job that I didn't 
particularly want to do, but it kind of made sense for all kinds of practical reasons. I was torn because of Leads Me. And I got on the Zoom with my son, who I hadn't, you know, been in the same room with for two years because of, you know, the COVIDs. And I talked him through my dilemma. And he said, Dad, you know, I don't I don't really understand why you're even questioning this. I said, well, but I've got this problem. And I think, what if I bumped into my 22-year-old self? What would he think about the decision that I'm about to make? And my son said, yeah, but your 22-year-old self was a... He wore leather trousers. In any way that makes any real difference, I think I came out of the womb fully formed. I think I was like a little homunculus, and I just kind of dropped out. And I don't think I've ever really changed. I mean, philosophically, politically, existentially, I think that essentially I've always been the same person. But then again, I sometimes think maybe... Everybody tells himself that. Finally, there's one thing that every Leeds student has in common, and it's that exhilarating first week on campus. Times have moved on. We don't call it Freshers Week anymore. It's Intro Week now, but the excitement and the possibilities are the same. Tom Davey joined the throngs of new students to sample the atmosphere of Intro Week 2022. Definitely feels like a party. It's a lot of events. You're not gonna sit at home. Yeah. You're not gonna sit at home. You'll yeah. be out there all day. Been out every night. A lot. <laughs> yeah. A bit. A lot a bit of spoons. Probably too much. I, I probably need to check up on the liver. I'm gonna definitely be a very responsible student. Do all my work early and go to bed on time. And I won't be out in Old Bar every night. Behind me, you can hear the excited chatter, contagious laughter, and music of the University of Leeds Freshers Week. This week, I've been around the Freshers' Fair hosted on campus. It's an exciting time, as students old and new are keen to try out some new experiences, adjust to their surroundings, and of course, enjoy some free pizza. I spoke to students and asked them what they've been up to, their thoughts on Leeds, and their aspirations for the year. If you could just say your names, please. I'm Eleanor. Hey, I'm Ava. I'm Tahina. And are you guys all first years? Is this your first Freshers' Week? Yeah. yeah. And so what have you guys been up to this week? We went to the headphone disco last night, like the silent disco. Yeah, it was oh, yeah. really good. I went to the ABBA disco last night, oh, the one yeah. at Prism. Mm. It was so fun. Was yeah, I think the nightlife's really good here. Yeah. I tried a toasty for the first time. Yeah. It was great. Oh, <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> if you could just say your names, please. Abigail. Jenny. Max. And Neve. What have you guys been up to like this week? <laughs> Clubbing. Uh-huh. Night off yesterday, but back on it today. <laughs> okay, I've been nice. making lots of friends. You have to go to Fruities, don't you? I think Fruities is like the big thing, so probably that. And if you were to give any advice to your first year freshers self, uh, what advice would that be? Oh, just put yourself out there and talk to as many people as you can because you never know who you're going to meet and you never know who you're going to be friends with. Honestly, just get out and enjoy yourself because while school's on, there's definitely the time. I mean, time management, that's what all, yeah. that's what all your professors will tell you, but that's what it is. So go out and enjoy yourself for the first week and then uh, get down to the books. I totally agree with that. I feel like first week, couple weeks, enjoy yourself, create that solid foundation because if you don't have those people to get you through the hard times, the hard times are going to be harder. I think 
thing just like pushing your comfort zone all the time because this is the years to do it when you're older obviously you might settle down and you'll know what you like and what you don't like but you know you'll be getting lots of things you'll rarely regret a night out you'll rarely regret kind of signing up for a society that maybe you wouldn't normally so yeah just try as much as possible and i agree say yes And that's the end of the first Forever Leads of the new academic year. We hope you've enjoyed it and we'll be back in a month's time with more news and flashbacks about Leeds. But before we go... Did you know that every year thousands of alumni like you make donations to help brilliant young people study in Leeds? Your generosity can help give people from less advantaged backgrounds the same brilliant Leeds experience that we've all enjoyed. When you donate, you really do change students' lives. Alumni donors help people who may be the first in their family, area or school to go into higher education. These students may have caring responsibilities or they may have been in care themselves or they might be estranged from their families. With your help, they can come to Leeds and transform their futures. Alumni generosity doesn't just help them afford the everyday essentials of university life through scholarships. It also gives them a wide range of support through the PLUS programme at Leeds. Dedicated professionals help students settle in and find a home at Leeds, succeed academically and go on to great things afterwards. Do you want to get behind the next generation of students and help them access all Leeds has to offer? Make a donation today by visiting give.leeds.ac.uk. That's give.leeds.ac.uk. We'll be back in four weeks' time. Georgia, only one question to ask now. Did you enjoy your first episode? Of course I enjoyed my first episode. It's been so much fun. Off now to the Otley Run. Off now to the Otley Run. The plan for tonight is go home and have a nap and mentally prepare for the very long night ahead. Enjoy. I'm going to have a nap, but mainly because I'm old and need one. Uh, we will be back in four weeks' time then for the next episode of Forever Leads. Thanks for listening and we'll see you in November. November.